Welcome back to the NBC Weekly. I'm your host, Scott Prieros. With me, as always, Jacob Urish. How's it going, Jacob? It's going pretty good. And for this weekend, how about you? Uh, not too bad. It uh, should be an exciting week coming coming up here. Uh, Hoops in the Heartland last year was a lot of fun. Uh, Redbirds gave a little push there after falling to the four seed at the end of regular season. Kind of shocked some teams there, I would say, down the stretch and uh, really put together a good performance. But this year it's a little different. Um, taking the one seed holding on to that top spot, regardless of what might be out there. Um, ISU got the regular season title. 17-3 um, and three in conference play is just ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, they got a target on their back, but I think they're ready for it. Um, and I think this is going to be a really exciting weekend, to say the least. Yeah, I, I think uh, the end of the season for them uh, really prepared them, especially with how last year uh, ended. Granted, they still came out champion uh, last season. But I think two things that I just want to highlight uh, that should be pretty big for them. Maya Wong, for one, has been really good really lately good. on the offensive end. It's such a change to the team when she's able to attack. That Indiana State game, uh, I know you uh, actually went uh, there to cover it. I was able to watch towards the end of the second quarter, and that's when I think, yeah, she had a five point swing just in a matter of like, what, 10 seconds? Yeah, she got the, I can't remember if it was a fast break layup, but just, I think it was just an offensive layup, and then right away. I think it was Stenson got a steal, passed it back to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Deanna Wilson, just, this is, she had, she had a little stretch where things were looking a little worrisome but i mean what past three or four games she's been fantastic and like we've talked about it pretty much on every podcast this year just just having that dynamic especially when you face teams like like face teams like drake belmont you just need you just need that presence inside because then players are able to key in and the depth of this team, especially their backcourt, uh, is great. Uh, I do worry about their size. Um, still don't know much about Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor. I, I was told that they're hoping to get her back uh, for this weekend, but still no update on that. I know she was still in a boot, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. Any, that could mean anything. Yeah, so, I mean, Tashana or Gaskins can fill in, but I don't know... When you face a team like Drake and you and I with that size, um, how she'll be like athletically, she'll be able to strip them, but I don't know, like, when backing them down, if she'll be able to muscle in and just stop them from backing down. So that would probably be my only worry with them. Uh, rebounding again, that kind of comes back to that size. Uh, that would be my other worry, but other than that, I, I really like where this team is at right now, and they're going in with a lot of confidence. Yeah, I would agree. I think Deanna Wilson's done a better job lately, and I think she's going to need to continue to do so, of playing defense without fouling. I think the big key is don't be getting cheap fouls. Um, you can't have that, because with especially if um, Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor is still hurt, um, they they lack post depth. I mean, you're, you can confidently bring Jada Stinson and Abby Alzma into the game, and I talked to uh, Coach Gillespie on the uh, Zoom call earlier this week, she really doesn't think they lose much if you take out Maya for a bit to put in Jada, if you take out Mary or Paige for a bit to throw in Abby, because they do their jobs at a really high level. But when you bring out Deanna Wilson or Kate Bowman, you bring in Tashana Ray Gaskins, which Tashana Ray Gaskins, I, I mean, I don't think enough can be said about her. She's done really good stuff this year, and she's starting to get a little better hang of the offensive side of the ball. I think she's a lot of control early in the year. But outside of that, you bring in Hannah Kelly, who hasn't gotten a whole lot of minutes. Um, 
and then that's about it in terms of what the kind of depth that they bring into the game. Um, so obviously you'll want Wilson on the court, but the way Paige Robinson's playing, newcomer of the week this past week, um, she had a little bit of stretch there where I think she lost her shot for like a two-game, well, maybe maybe a two-game stretch. That Drake game where she kind of got shut down, and then the UIC game while she did score, I only think she made like one jump shot that entire game. But then she started to get hang of it again. So this team is just, I'm extremely confident about the guards. I'll say that. Your five guards that you have coming in and out of the game, I'm extremely confident about those five. I'm extremely confident about your starting post, but I just worry if you get into foul trouble, where do you go? I think the I, I, the the great or the best thing that I could think of to maybe minimize that is just mixing and matching Wilson's minutes and Bowman's to just yeah. make sure you keep in uh, one of them at a time. But again, that all could unravel if one of them gets in foul trouble. So I the biggest thing is just not getting in foul trouble. Uh, the th- and uh, ISU's three conference losses, Wilson has fouled out. So clearly, like we already knew she was a huge cog in this machine, but that's just even greater evidence. And I th- and Bullman, at, for uh, one of those games, I think had four, ended with four fouls. One of those games she also fouled out. So that is probably their bi- biggest concern right now is just not or not getting in foul trouble down low because uh, that clearly is going to affect the rebounding and just, yeah. So I actually, just building off of that, I think that's a direct reason for – ISU's defensive struggles in those losses because when ISU I was just looking at it earlier when ISU allows 70 or less points they're 14 and 0 in conference play when they allow more than 70 they're 3 and 3 so when they're on the court their defense is just a little better because you have that presence in the paint where you can slow them down but when they're not on the court I think that's the direct correlation they're going to find there but regardless like you said I think I really like where this team's sitting right now they're doing a lot of really good stuff but a lot of these other teams are doing the same thing. So if you're good with ISU, I think we can move on to Belmont, the uh, two seed here, uh, also seven and three, seventeen and three, um, co-regular season champions. Um, Destiny Wells is probably player of the year. Um, it's going to be between her and Paige Robinson. I think are going to be two options. They, if they had a finalist list of like your final three, it'll probably be those two and. Maybe Caitlin Young is in there just because the numbers that she's putting up, regardless of what her team's record is. But I think Destiny Wells right now is probably your player of the year. I, I would agree. Uh, I know ESPN just had an article, and they had Caitlin Young number one, and then Destiny Wells. I just I can't agree with that notion. I get she's putting up 21 points a game, grabbing almost nine rebounds a game, but like you have to factor in wins. I I. You have to. Not, like, we saw it last year, men's basketball with Antonio Reeves. I'm not saying Antonio Reeves should have won player of the year, but he wasn't on first team, even though he was the conference's leading scorer, because ISU was the ninth seed or eighth seed. I can't remember which one they finished with last year. So, Yeah, I, I hate to channel my uh, Herm Edwards, but you play to win the game, and clearly Wells and Page have contributed the most to that for their respective teams. Yeah, and they're both great players. I like again. This is taking nothing away from Caitlin. She is no. fantastic. Yeah. But when considering awards, you have to factor in what that team is doing. I understand those awards are individual, but if you look through the history of all of sports, almost every single award has taken into account wins, team success. Team success. Yeah. Like the the only time I can really think of at the top of my head is maybe Russell Westbrook. Uh, 
back in what 2017 2016 2017 but again he averaged a triple double so we're talking like apples and oranges here um but overall just belmont as a whole like they (laughs) supreme confidence right now you're entering with a 14 game win streak you're feeling unstoppable um they could face uh, SIU or uh, Indiana State. Granted, they went 4-0 against those teams, so I don't think they care too much. Uh, one thing that I think is a little bit interesting, they're 1-2 at neutral sites, but that was a while ago, so who knows how much that really plays into it. Uh, their offense, like six out of the last game, just scored over 80 points. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous right now. This team is... I really don't know what to say. Just entering with a 14-game win streak is yeah, insane. 100%. And it's going to be really interesting anytime you hit tournament play. Can you continue that? You're, there hasn't been another time this year. I guess back to probably the Thanksgiving tournaments where you're playing games on back-to-back days. But you're going to be playing three games in three days for these top four seeds. Who can keep the most energy, can hold on the longest Um and I would say out of the teams in the conference, Belmont has done it. I mean, they did it with the uh, OVC last year. Um, ISU has done it. Um, UNI has done Tanya Warren's done it. I mean, they, these teams have done it. So I think this top four is really exciting. And I think these top two teams, ISU and Belmont, um, not, not taking anything against you and I and Drake at all, because I think both those teams are going to put up fights and could easily win those semifinal games, but it looks like they're on a collision course, and Belmont has a lot of... I mean, they have a chip on their shoulder after what ISU did to them on Belmont's home court. One thing I do want to mention that I was looking at, so Belmont and ISU are the only teams in the top four to have uh, records uh, over 500 against the other top three teams. Yeah. So Belmont went 3-2 and two against... Northern Iowa, Drake, and ISU, and then ISU did the same. So I, I think right now, clearly we can say those are the favorites, but Drake is one that um, I, th- I think I'm probably – I think I'm a little bit more scared of Drake yeah. just because their, their offense is in- incredible. So, but I think with Northern Iowa, I with them they have uh, – we'll get to them later, of course – just – I, their uh, outside scoring is just a little bit better. Yeah, we can tra- transition to them right now. Uh, the three seed in the MVC, um, 21-8, and 16-4 in conference play, um, led by Grace Buffelli, who I think will definitely be actually in consideration there for player of the year as well. But I just think, um, regardless, I mean, 16 points and nine rebounds is just a really solid stat line. I believe she... I'm very confident, actually. She leads the league in uh, double-doubles on the season. Um, Maya McDermott has been great. Uh, she was a big thorn in the Redbird side in the game at Cedar Falls that I ended up winning. Maya McDermott did a decent amount of damage early in that game. And then Emerson Green, the other double-digit scorer. But like you said, I think this team is different from Belmont in that they're a little more able to attack you from the outside, but also at the inside as well. I mean, when you have a player like Grace Buffelli. Yeah, I, I just think... Their outside shooting, I believe, yeah, they're third in three-point percentage at 34%. They're third in rebounding, so again, that'd be another issue if you or if ISU bumps into them. Grant, I think ISU is around 34, so it's pretty close. Yeah, their their offense is second in the VC at 75 points a game. Uh, they'll most likely play UIC or Val, or they're going to play a UIC or Valparaiso. They went 4-0 against them. Um, yeah, it's. They're going to be a really tough out, um, of course. 
They have, like we mentioned, outside shooting with McDermott and, and Michigan Green. And then they've got Cam Finley, who can I think she's averaging eight on the season, but she can definitely go off at any time. And then you just have their mainstay with Grace McFelly. They're just another, of course, well-rounded team. Yeah, so, I mean, we saw what they were able to do this entire year. You split with the Redbird at ISU and then losing in Cedar Falls. Um, I believe they swept the Drake, is that correct? I think so. I think they did go 2-0. Yeah, so, um, I mean, when you have a veteran head coach like that, I mean, anything can happen at this point in the year. Anything can happen regardless in, uh, in tournament play at this point in the year. But uh, something I want to point out that I was just looking at right now. So UNI is third in the conference in three-point percentage. Uh, Belmont's fourth. Drake, who we're going to talk about next, is sixth. And then the Redbirds are first, actually, at just under 38% from three during conference play. Um, the thing that stands out to me, however – is you look at the defensive side of the ball, ISU's also the best defensive three-point team. They hold their teams to the lowest shooting. So I think that's going to be an important factor. I mean, you and I second, though, there. Belmont's fifth, and Drake is sixth. So all these teams, they're really good at shooting, but they're also really good at figuring out how to stop the others from shooting. And I think that's going to be an important factor this game. We've kind of been focusing of this tournament. We've kind of been focusing on a lot of that inside play, who can stay on the court in that stretch. But I think this three-point shooting is going to be a big part of it as well. Yeah, I mean... uh with Drake, I think their size kind of – I don't want to counter that, but I, I think with Drake, it's uh, – their inside presence because I, I mean, oh, yeah. their head coach talked about on that Zoom just like with Anna Miller, Grace Berg, Maggie Bear, and they even have Kate Dinnebear, uh out there. I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I hate to keep on talking about it, but like – the inside presence really does scare me. And then again, you could off of that, you can even comment just like how that's going to open up for their shooters. So that that could that'll probably be another uh, wrinkle to this. Granted, they're shooting thirty two percent, which isn't bad. But when you're comparing to uh, Belmont and ISU, granted ISU is what well, I think three percentage points ahead of everyone else. Just about yeah. yeah. Um, they're they're first in rebounding, which is huge, and another reason why. If ICU faces them, really worried about that. Uh, scoring number one, granted, again, ISU, I believe, is what's second on the season. They're at a line, I think, like, like 61 that. points per game. Um, they're probably going to face Missouri State. They went three and one against them. I know, or, well, yeah, they, they went one and one against them. So that is one team that can kind of match up they, with them fairly good well. For each other. Yeah. So that'll be a really good game uh, if that happens. Uh, and I do kind of want to quickly mention Missouri State. They went three and five against uh, the other top four teams. It's not five hundred; it is below five hundred, but still, like they clearly have the wins in there. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a team to look out for. But I would still, of course, those top four teams are what to look for. Yeah, definitely. I believe it was uh, Anna Miller who really, um, really dominated the Redbirds in the game uh, later in the year that the Bulldogs were able to get a get the win there. Um, but regardless, I mean, four players averaging five or more rebounds who are full-time rotational players on this team. So, I mean, that's really important for this team. And it's a scary look for a lot of teams. I mean, nobody rebounds as well as them. Um, almost two more rebounds than the next closest team, which is Missouri State, like you said. And then that's six and a half more than you and I, actually. So um, that Drake-Missouri State, the kind of on the collision course, that could be a really exciting game um, to see how that plays out. But, I mean... Like I said, when you hit tournament play, anything can happen. And I think this year is no different. It might even be more the case. I mean, these top 
five-ish teams, I would say. I, I think other teams have the ability to pay, play spoiler, but I think these top five teams, the competitiveness that they bring to the game and the competition that we're going to see uh, at, in Moline is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I, I, I can disagree. I, I don't know if I would pick any spoilers right now. I don't I guess it'd be hard to maybe not point out Murray State with Caitlin Young just because if, if she's going, it's going to be really it, – it could be difficult to stop them. Yeah. But she's had plenty – like, she's had a lot of games where she's gone off. They just haven't been able to pull it out. Um, but, yeah, this should be a super competitive uh, tournament, and I'm expecting some really great basketball. Yeah, definitely. So we touched on uh... – the player of the year, we kind of think it's a three, or I think it's really just a two-person race at this point between um, Robinson and Wells, and I think they'll mention Caitlin Young, she should, and deservedly so, Grace Buffelli obviously up there, but I think those two, you just you tie for the conference lead, you have the second leading scorer in the conference, I believe, in Paige Robinson, um, so a lot can happen, but uh, I think those two are probably your favorites for player of the year. You look at Depoy. Uh, maybe not deep. If you look at like a defensive team, I think you have two ISU players who you could, might consider putting on there. Kate Bowman, and I think they might look at Deshaun Wright Gaskins, but it also depends on sample size. I mean, she maybe not did not get as many minutes as some of these other players who would be considered for that team, but I don't think you can overlook Deshaun Wright Gaskins and what she's done this year for the Redbirds. Um, Kira Love um, is just an annoying player for anybody who's going up against uh, Missouri State there. Um, but I don't know. Do you have anybody else that you think you might throw on one of these teams? I mean, Kate Denebear might be in there. She's averaging almost two steals a game, just a really feisty guard. Uh, I, I, my, I immediately go to Kira Love because I just remember after that game uh, – Coach Gillespie just saying like I'm glad we'll never have to we won't have to face her uh, for the rest of the season until, unless it is at Hoops in the Heartland. Um, Bowman definitely should get some consideration just for the fact that she is the anchor. She can guard one through five. We've seen it multiple times. Even if she does get beat, she can easily recover and get the block. Third in the conference in blocks. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I think they they would probably be who I initially think of now i don't know promise taylor three blocks yeah bowman um anna mckendry might be up there from indiana state she's kind of similar to kira love just one of those players who kind of just annoys you as on the defensive or on the when you're on offense uh what she's able to do um i mean yeah that's really hard to tell but i think we named a few of those people who are probably going to be definitely considered for that team i'm not positive i, I do wonder a little bit i mean Promise Taylor's up to 87 blocks, which is 22 more than second place. The only thing maybe would be minutes, because I know her minutes kind of uh, ebb and flow. Anna Miller's averaging two blocks a game. She got 65. I think, I don't know what her minutes look like, but I know a lot of that just comes down to minutes and how, how like, this is, like, is this, like, is your defense sustainable? So that's, that's kind of what I'm wondering, because I know, I mean, we've witnessed with Kate Bowman, and Kira loves the heart of that team. So those are, again, the two I kind of gravitate towards. But, yeah, promise Taylor, I mean, every three blocks a game is insane. Yeah, um, if you were to look at a first team, um, I'm kind of just going through all these. If you were to look at a first team, I think Robinson, Wells, and Young we talked about, Buffelli, and then you might throw in Maggie Bear there from Drake as your fifth. They go five players. I think they go f- 
They might go six, actually. I think they did six for men's basketball, but it's positionless. So it's just your six best players. So I think Young, Robinson, Wells, Bear, Bofelli, and then you probably find one more person to throw in there. Um, Abby Fight's been great, but I think it comes down to, once again, your team's performance, which I think they sometimes keep an eye on. Madison Bartley's been great for Belmont. Um, Anaya Thomas with Missouri Anaya State. Anaya Thomas. Um, I don't think Deanna Wilson will end up sneaking out of that first team, but I think they do a second team for that, which I think you might see Deanna Wilson's name there. But um, And then the last thing I wanted to just discuss, um, you look at Coach of the Year, I think you have a lot of really good coaches in this conference. Um, Bart Brooks, like you were saying, for Belmont. Tanya Warren um, for Northern Iowa. I think Gillespie for ISU can't overlook conference championship. I really don't know who they would say has the edge there. I think I think you made a good point. First season in a new conference, and the Bruins were able to uh, tie for that regular season title, which I think they're going to look at for Bart Brooks. Gillespie, though, you lose Juju Redmond, you bring in, and you're still able to win the conference. I think everyone has an argument, and we'll find out tonight who's able to get it. But I think, Ed, like I said, anyone really has an argument for, or a case for themselves. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a toss-up for me between Brooks and Gillespie. Tanya's definitely in there, but I think most of the time it gravitated towards like who's in first place. Yep. Granted, she had – I mean, Warren had a fantastic season with you and I. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I don't really know how the voters would think, but like that is one narrative that I think voters will probably gravitate towards too. Like you just said, just first year in the conference and kind of like how they bounce back a little bit because they had a rough start uh, yeah. to the season. I mean, what are they at? Fourteen straight wins. Right Fourteen now? straight wins. So like that's another that's another narrative. Like you ended the year on a fourteen game win streak, but uh, you you can't go wrong with either one of them in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think we've got a really exciting weekend ahead of us uh, in Moline as uh, they fight for the conference uh, title. Um, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Jacob? Uh, I think I'm good. All right, so make sure to follow along for updates of the tournament on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vidette and at Biddy underscore sports. And we will talk to you guys next time.